Okay, so that concludes 20 minutes of meditation. I would encourage you to keep your eyes closed and join along in the third step prayer. We're going to slow it down, do it the prayer one breath at a time with a few breaths in between each line to, um, to contemplate what the prayer is asking me to do or not do. So for me, I breathe in the first line of the prayer. For me, that's the word God. So I breathe in God. And I take a few more breaths and I try to connect with that thing inside of me that I'm calling God or higher power or creative intelligence. ready, I breathe out the next line of the prayer. I offer myself to thee. And I take a few breaths and I think about my commitment today to that statement. Do I really offer myself to my higher power? And if so, how committed am I? And I breathe in the next line of the prayer. To build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. And I take a few breaths. And I think about what my higher power might want to build with me or do with me today, right now. breathe out the next line of the prayer. Relieve me of the bondage of self. And I take a few breaths and I try to experience the quietness that could be there if I had no story, no old ideas, no opinions, no bondage to self. breathe in the next line of the prayer, that I may better do thy will. And I take a few breaths and I think about how much better could I do God's will if my mind was quiet. breathe out the next line of the prayer. Take away my difficulties. And I take a few breaths and I think about what were my difficulties today so far? What have I come up against? What's gotten in the way of me being the man that God would have me be?
and I breathe in the next line. That victories over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. take a few breaths and I think about the people I'm going to spend time with today or that I might spend time with today. And I think about how I might affect them if I was an example of God's power and God's love and God's way of life. And I breathe out the last line of the prayer. May I do thy will always. And I smile. And I imagine myself doing God's will right now for the rest of this day. And whenever you're ready, you can gently open your eyes. Take a moment now, right now. Keep your attention on your breath going in and out of your body. And also try to become aware of the seeing that's happening. Not what you're seeing, just that you are seeing. There is a consciousness that's seeing through me. I know it. I feel it. That's the thing I call higher power. Not what I'm seeing, not who I am, but the, the seeing that's happening, the consciousness of seeing that's happening. Okay, so I'm Randy, I'm alcoholic. I'm allergic to alcohol, my body's allergic to alcohol. I can never ever drink alcohol successfully again um, because I'm allergic to it. And that's sad because I have a disease, I have a mental illness, a disease called alcoholism that evidently centers in my mind and that talks to me in my own voice. And that manifests throughout the day in my life as an unsatisfiable, fault-finding, opinionated mind that's always in a hurry, easily frustrated, and can't stand the word no. And because I have that mind, that unsatisfiable mind, that tells me if you had a new job, you'd be happy. And I believe it. And so I quit my job. And I get a new job and then I get the new job and that same mind and that same voice says, hey, the other job was better. Why'd you quit that job? You're an idiot. But it was the same mind that told me I needed to quit that job in the first place. And because that mind does that all day long, it does it with ordering food. It does it with picking lanes on the freeway. It does it with 
directions on how to get somewhere and which directions I choose. And no matter which way I go, it finds fault with the way that I go. And then it talks to me and it tells me I'm an idiot. I should have gone the other way. And because I have that mind, that mind gets me into a lot of emotional pain. And when I get in enough emotional pain, I need to treat that pain. I need to shut that mind up. And alcohol was the best, easiest to get over the counter treatment for that disease. And so I drank it a lot. I drank it so much that I became allergic to it. And so today I can never, ever, ever drink alcohol successfully again today, one day at a time forever. And that's the bad news. The good news is, is that there's a program, Alcoholics Anonymous, 12 Steps as a Way of Life. There's a program and in that program there's 12 steps and in those 12 steps are lots of principles. And if I live by those principles, my obsession to drink is expelled because I become happily and usefully whole. I'm no longer suffering from the disease of alcoholism in this moment. And it's a moment to moment recovery. But in this moment, I am not suffering from alcoholism, not one bit. I still have it. The, the old character does not go away. This unsatisfied, fault-finding, opinionated mind will never shut up. If I ever ask it how it's doing, it'll tell me. I don't have enough money in the bank. I'm getting old. I'm going to be alone and broke and lonely. And I suck. <laughs> it's always happy to tell me. That or... Some days, if things are going really well, it'll tell me, damn, I got it going on. Everything's great. All I need to do is get rid of my wife and my kid and my house, and I could be so happy. But it's never okay right now. If I ever ask me how I'm doing, I'm never okay right now. I always need something else to be okay. A little, just a little bit more. So I've got to treat that disease. And, and that's what this, well, this meeting is, we talk about that, but this meeting is about treating the disease right now. It's not about talking about it. It's not about figuring out how to do it. It's about application of principles right here, right now, in this moment, this one, this one right now. So if you're not talking and you came to this meeting, I'm going to make this wild assumption I believe that it's God's will for you to be listening. If you came here, and if you're sitting here right now, and you came here, I believe that your higher power would want you to be 100% present right now to what's going on. Not because of what's going on, but because this is where you are. This is where I am. I believe that this is where my higher power wants me to be right now. And right now, I believe it's here with me and that I'm inviting it in to speak through me and be with me and be present right now. But it, when I stop talking, because I will stop talking eventually, and when I stop talking, I'm going to start asking my higher power to help me hear what you're saying. Not because of what you're saying, but because you're talking and I'm not. And so it must be God's will for me to be listening. If I went to a meeting and somebody's talking, it would seem to me that being present and being where my body is, that the thing to be doing would be to be listening. Now, 
Trust me, believe me, I do not care if you're listening right now. I do not, I do not care one bit. If you're listening to me or if you're adding up how much money you have in the bank right now or if you're, you're mad at Rick because he's going to Hawaii and you don't get to go right now, that's all fine with me. But, but this is about applying principles right now. And that's, where, that's what I need to be reminded of over and over and over again in my day. And that's what this meeting is about for me. So we're, uh, we're reading the book so I don't just keep rambling and saying the same thing over and over and over again because it seems like that's what I do. But, but uh, we're going through the 12 steps, through the literature of the 12 steps. And we read the first step out of the... Uh, out of the 12 and 12, and now we're reading the second step out of the big book. And for me, the second step is uh, we agnostics in the big book. That's, that's where I find what it says. But here's what it says. We read this last week. Uh, if when I honestly want to, I find I cannot quit entirely, or if when drinking, I have little control over the amount I take, I am probably alcoholic. If that be the case, I may be suffering from an illness which only a spiritual experience will conquer. And that spiritual experience can only happen right now. So it's not going to happen at the end of 12 steps, but that is the goal of the 12 steps is that my spirit be more awakened. As a result of these steps, I have having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps. So that my spirit is awakening as a result of these steps. But right now, I have to have a spiritual experience right now. And that's only going to happen if I invite my higher power into my life right now. Could you be with me? Could you help me? Could you help me to be present right now? Could you help me to be having a spiritual experience right now? which a spiritual experience is not a huge deal. It's just being present right now. It's just not arguing about what is right now. Uh, okay, so we, we read this. To, to one who feels, I, to me, if I feel I am an atheist or an agnostic, agnostic such an experience seems impossible. But to continue as I am means disaster, especially if I am an alcoholic of the hopeless variety. To be doomed to an alcoholic death or to live on spiritual basis are not always easy alternatives for me to face. But right now, I'm facing it. Right now, I can ask me how I'm doing or I can ask my higher power how I'm doing. Uh, but this is on page 44 in the big book. But it isn't so difficult. About half our original fellowship are exactly of that type. At first, I tried to avoid the issue, hoping against hope I was not a true alcoholic. I hope against hope that you are not a true alcoholic. I hope you're a heavy drinker and, and that you don't have alcoholism and that you, you can stop drinking and you'll, your mind will be quiet and you'll live happily ever after. That was not my experience. I stopped drinking and my mind got louder and louder and louder until I wanted to commit suicide at two years, two and a half years of sobriety. 
But after a while, I have to face the fact that I must find a spiritual basis of life or else. This is a fatal disease. So my choice is a spiritual life or else. (laughs) There's even a dash there. Or else. Or else I'm going to die. I'm not going to have car trouble. I'm not going to have trouble finding jobs or finding somebody to marry. Or else it's going to kill me. Perhaps it's going to be that way with you. But cheer up. Something like half of us thought. I thought I was an atheist or an agnostic. I did not come here with a God. I did not come here to find God. I came here to quit drinking. And I thought when I quit drinking that I'll stop having all the bad luck associated with drinking and blacking out and crashing cars and trashing relationships and losing jobs and always picking the wrong partner. I thought all that would get better when I stopped drinking. But evidently, that's not the case. Our experience shows that I need not be disconcerted. You don't even have to worry about it. All you have to do is practice something in step two, because step two says I'm going to come to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. I'm the wrong power. I am no longer the thing that restores me to sanity. So that self-talking mind that's always talking to me in my own voice, that self-talking mind, all that self-talk is me trying to restore me to sanity. And the book says, no, the second step says, no, 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 no. You've lost the job. You're not qualified. You have alcoholism. You have a disease. And you are no longer going to be the thing that restores you to sanity. And you're going to have to come to believe that a power greater than yourself can. So you're going to have to do something to come to believe that. Because you can't just believe that. Self won't believe it. I have to do something to come to believe that. If a mere code of morals or a better philosophy of life were sufficient to overcome alcoholism, I would have recovered long ago. Man, I've read every self-help book. I've been to yoga and I've meditated and I've done all the stuff to recover, except for 12 steps. But I have found that such codes and philosophies do not save me, no matter how much I try, with my self-will, no matter how much I try. I could wish to be moral. I could wish to be philosophically comforted. In fact, I could will these things with all my might. But the needed power isn't there. My human resources, as marshaled by my will, are not sufficient. They fail me utterly. So here it's going back to the idea of admitting complete defeat. I'm a complete defeat. They failed me utterly. All of this was in the first step. Lack of power, that is my dilemma. Lack of power to change, not lack of power to stop drinking. Lack of power to change to be the man that God would have me be today so that I don't need to drink. That's the power I lack. Lack of power to restore myself to sanity. That's the power I lack. Lack of power, that is my dilemma. And these are questions, really. As I read this book, the, the, the sentence says, lack of power, that was my dilemma. And, 
And I can agree with that. Yes, those are very good words. I like the way they're in this, in the order they're in. They make sense to me. That makes perfect sense to me. Lack of power, that is my dilemma. I agree with that. I, have, I lack power to not drink, and that's why I do all that stupid stuff, and my life is terrible. But, but, but lack, of, lack of power, is that my dilemma? That's the way I read this book. I have to find, I, had, I have to find a power by which I could live, and it had to be a power greater than myself. Because myself as the power does whatever it wants to do, whenever it wants to do it, and it can justify anything. Obviously, but where and how am I to find this power? Where and how am I to find this power? Well, that's exactly what this book is about. Its main object is enable me to find a power greater than myself, which will solve my problem. My problem is I cannot restore myself to sanity. That's my problem. My problem is not alcohol. So now this book is starting to make some serious sense. That means they have written a book which they believe to be spiritual as well as moral. It means, of course, that we are going to talk about God. In this meeting, we're going to talk about God. That's all we're going to talk about. Whether you believe in God or not does not matter. And talking about God is awesome, but practicing God, practicing the presence of a power right now is what's needed. Because I could talk to you about how good my God is all day long, but you can't have it. You can't have mine. You can't have my relationship with my higher power. You have to build your own. Everybody has to build their own. This is a we program, but we, each one of us, have to have our own experience with this power, or there is no power in my life. I can't believe that you believe and that your belief is going to heal me. And I also don't believe that believing in a power restores me to sanity either. As a matter of fact, I believe that it can be a block from believing that a power could restore me to sanity. Believing in a power and thinking that that, that that power is going to restore you to sanity because you believe in it, that's a fallacy. That's not true. Unless I'm trusting and relying on that power, I have no relationship with it and it cannot restore me to sanity. So, so believing in God does not restore me to sanity. Believing that God exists does not restore me to sanity. But rightly relating myself to my higher power always does something. Here, difficulty arises with agnostics. Many times I have talked to a new man and watched his hope rise as I discussed his alcoholic problem and explained our fellowship. But his face falls when I speak of spiritual matters, especially when I mention God. <clears throat> For I have reopened a subject which our man thought he had neatly evaded or entirely ignored. I feel like most of the people that are on this meeting, I know there's a few new people here today, but I feel like pretty much everybody who's been coming to this meeting for a little while has an awareness that, that, that 
the same awareness that I have that I am not going to be able to restore myself to sanity and that I'm going to need a power greater than myself to do that. Whether or not I'm doing it is another story, but I'm very aware today that I am the wrong power to restore me to sanity. And, and I have had some experience rightly relating myself to a higher power. So that I have at least come to believe a little tiny bit that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. That it could. If I do something, because I've done something before and something has happened. And being restored to sanity for me is just having a quiet mind. It's not, it's not, it's not not having drama in my life because there's still drama. People die, people get sick, people lose jobs. People get money, people lose money. There's still drama going on. But through all of that, I can have a quiet mind and I can be okay and be sane. <clears throat> I know how he feels. I know how this man who doesn't want to talk about God feels because I have shared his honest doubts and prejudices. I have been violently anti-religious. I have been. To, to others, to me, the word God brings up a particular idea of it which someone had tried to impress me with during childhood. I don't know where I got my prejudices. But I know if you started, if you were sharing right now and I was listening and you said the word God too many times, one too many times, and I don't know how many that is, but on any given day, if I hear the word God one too many times, I, I shut off. That's it. I can't talk to this person anymore. I can't hear what they're saying anymore. Because, because I have these old prejudices against the word God. And eventually it evokes that image of a man in the clouds. And, and he's throwing thunderbolts and I'm getting one. Because I've done some things in the past that, I, that weren't so good. And that when it finds me, it's going to punish me. And that's my idea of God, is that if I'm not a good boy, I'm going to get punished. And if I am a good boy, I might get some treats. And I have that idea of God, and I don't know where I got it, but it's mine. And I know that I have those prejudices. And I need to be aware of that. Because it does get in the way of my spiritual recovery. Perhaps I rejected this particular conception because it seemed inadequate. With that rejection, I imagined I had abandoned the God idea entirely. I was bothered with the thought that faith and dependence upon a power beyond myself was somewhat weak, even cowardly. I was bothered by that. That's real for me. I, I relate to that because I've explored that. I've looked at that. I look upon this world of warring individuals, warring theological systems, and inexplicable calamity with deep skepticism. Today, right now, watching what's going on in the world, I often think, what kind of a God? What kind of a God would create a world like this where people are so bad to each other? But it's not my, that's, that's not my life. That's not my life. My life is what goes on inside of me. 
And I have the same warring thoughts inside of me with my boss, with my wife, with my kid, with my job, with my customers. My mind will go to war with them and cut them off and want to hurt them. I don't need to look outside for all the trouble in the world to figure out why. What, but I do know this, when I practice the presence of a power right now, all those things get better. And I'm a better man. And when I'm a better man, everything in my living, in my living area gets better. And then I have a little capacity to maybe try to help other places. But this all happens inside of me. I look askance at many individuals who claim to be godly. How could a supreme being have anything to do with it all? And who could comprehend a supreme being anyhow? Yet in other moments, I find myself thinking, when enchanted by a starlit night, who, made, who then made all this? There was a feeling of awe and wonder, but it was fleeting and soon lost. So this is not a story to read as a story, it's a, that what I just, that paragraph that I just read, that's a, that's a study. That's a study in what do I think about God? What's going on in my life? Where am I at war? Where am I finding fault? Where am I playing God? But I have to see that I have a lot of prejudices. That's the main thing that I get out of we agnostics is that I am full of prejudices against the word God and against the idea of a God. And I think people, I really, I mean, I don't think I'm a weak person and I do trust and rely on God all the time. But when somebody else starts talking about God, sometimes I think they're a weak person. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Uh so I'm going to stop talking now and I'm going to start asking my higher power to help me listen. And I'm going to try and remember where we left off today. And um, I appreciate you all so much. I can't wait to hear your thoughts about what we read today and uh, uh, or anything else you want to share about because this is a 12-step meeting and, and you can go wherever you want. And this meeting is open to anyone practicing the 12 steps. So it's open to all addictions. Uh, but And the main reason why is because we don't talk about the addictions here. We don't talk about the, the way, the, the method of treating the disease. We talk about the disease and the recovery from the disease, not, not, the, uh, not the substances. So that's it. I'm going to stop talking. I record the meeting. If you raise your hand and you share, if you don't ask me to stop the recording, uh, it will be recorded. And then we make those recordings available for people to listen to. So just so you know that. We are recording. I appreciate you. And uh, if you want to share, just raise your digital hand. We're going to start with Mason. Hi, Mason, alcoholic. Hi, uh, Mason. I just really had a great meditation, and I, I appreciate what you said at the end there about um, <clears throat> just like being. A, kind of in, uh, okay with uh, situations that are tough and not letting the outside world um, control me uh, or affect me I, there's something like that and I, I struggle with that I just I just did like a 
pretty intense fifth step and uh, said all kinds of stuff that you know I didn't want to share with someone. And then literally, uh, I'm doing the work, you know, and now it's time to let it go. And it's like, like I could do that. I, I understand this language. I know everything you're saying. Like I get it. It's like, but you're showing, you're doing the work, man. Like you're, you're a great example of like it's working and. I don't know. I appreciate you right now, man. Thank you. Thanks, Mason. I appreciate you too. Sonia. I'm mute. Sorry, that took me. Hi, everyone. I'm Sonia. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Sonia. Um, thank you, Randy. And I just, you know, this, I've been practicing meditating and I am just astounded at how when I do it now, my mind is quiet and I'm almost kind of like, I'll have to like think of something a little bit on purpose just to, so, so there's something to say, hat enough. We're not going to do that right now. But anyway, that's, so I just wanted to, to share that with everyone, how, how um, much I really, really uh, like this and need it. I don't like it. I need it. And I know it. Um, but one thing you said that really stood out to me, and I'm so glad you said it and you put it this way, was having a belief in a higher power, not in a higher power. Because I've been grappling, kind of struggling with this. Um, you know, I did discover, you know, a, a real source in, you know, just, uh, just Christianity, right? But in my and in my lifetime, you know, I really appreciated kind of new agey things. And I've been kind of tormented a little like, well, you know, if I believe in this one, I'm going against the beliefs of that one. And really, it is all higher power. It doesn't matter what it is. Just this morning, I was very challenged. A friend of mine who's in our program, uh, I saw her yesterday and I could smell alcohol on her breath and I, I knew it. I kind of double checked. I did not ask her about it. I could just tell it, it, it wouldn't have gone over right. And I didn't want to put her on the chopping block and say anything. But this morning I was just really torn up about it. Like, should I say something? How do I address this? But anyway, my higher power, a higher power, the practice I did this morning, I noticed it instantly all this stress and worry about my friend and then I'm going to see my dad and just life right was bubbling over and right when I connected to a higher power I calmed down and I said wow I didn't even put much effort into it, it wasn't sort of you know I get to say oh my gosh something just fell down in my apartment I think you heard it anyway <laughs> that was kind of weird the frame fell down anyway um that was very bizarre so I'm dripping on that now. Anyway, <laughs> it's really strange. We're talking about this. Um, but back to what we are addressing. Um, and then I have a question because I, uh, from what page did you get? I think you said page 44 um, is kind of where you were reading off where the or else was. If we do, you know, if we do not uh, attain a spiritual existence not a spiritual experience, a spiritual existence, spiritual recovery, it will be an or else. I was just curious where that was. It's on page 44. Yeah, the bottom of page 44, the last paragraph. Yeah. Okay. 
and I had to go clean up the glass of that frame that just fell. (laughs) Thank you. I know. It just fell right off the wall back in the hallway. Anyway, thank you, guys. Thank you, Wendy. Thanks. Eric. Hi, I'm Eric Alcoholic. Hi, Eric. I'll wave to Sonia's ghost. Glad you're joining us. Um, (laughs) uh, That was a really wonderful uh, reading. Uh, Always full of uh, thoughtful ideas in there, you know. Uh, And it calls out my own prejudices uh, against uh, the concept of the higher power and, and the God word, which... I'm completely at home with, you know, I remember early on um, trying to come up with a higher power and uh, what what am I going to connect to? And I was, you know, looking into this and that and, and uh, boy, the God word just never, never was, uh, I never had a lot of resistance to that. the ideas around the God word, I definitely had a lot of resistance to, but when I got to the point where I had a spiritual experience of being relieved of the obsession to drink, God just like fell right into my system in such a organic and, and, and simple way. And the reason I raised my hand today, was like, during the meditation, I had this kind of strong impression that I feel like I really am surrendering mm-hmm. so much because the story of what's in the bank and the the wife and the family, it's just not going really well right now. If I needed to apply a judgment to it, it's not a pretty picture. And uh, I just felt this like, oh, I'm just, you know, it's almost the word despair comes in. And that level of surrender where I just, oh, this is, I'm doing all I can and that's it, you know. And then the idea that I'm not surrendering to myself, I'm surrendering to God. You know, I have a God that I can let go of or let go to. And uh, and then you started speaking and, and, re- and you said pretty much that exact thing after the deal is that, we have higher power to surrender to, and it's not just all on me. And if it's all on me, I'm, I, I just have, it's just despair. It's, you know, there's nothing I'm going to be able to do about it, you know. And uh, so that rang true for me today. I thank you so much, Randy. Great meeting. Good to see Jeff in the frame with you, too. Yeah, Welcome Jeff, to LA. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Good to see you, Eric. Atlanta. Hi, I'm Atlanta alcoholic. Um, so, you know, my sponsor taught me to bring the message to the meeting, the mess to the sponsor. There is a mess going on right now, and I rose my hand to share because I need to share it with you all. So I'm going to try to focus like what I can on what I got, and then just say a little bit apart the mess. Like after the meeting, you no, know, the meditation. Like, like I just <clears throat> I did my fifth step last weekend. Or the weekend before, and like I'm on my sixth step, and my sponsor gave me this list of like character defects and their opposites. And the biggest one that I could identify is like anger and forgiveness. Um, and 
the things that like jumped out at to me when you were sharing was like rightly relating myself to God is what restores me to sanity, not like coming to believe in the other stuff. And that being restored to sanity is having a quiet mind. And then asking myself why I'm at war. Because this morning I got a phone call from my ex-husband that my 21-year-old daughter got a DUI. Mm. And she called me from the jail as I knew she would. And I didn't get on my mobile because I don't accept unknown numbers. So it came on my landline. And I picked it up and it was, Mom, you know, I have to be at work in two hours and what am I going to do? Well, last night she like flashed some cash she got from her dad and was on her way out. And like, you know, my boyfriend and I tried to tell her, you know, that's not a good idea. And did she listen? No. So it's kind of like, you know, and I, you know, it's like I have a lot of Al-Anon, so I'm glad you said like it's not just alcohol because I do all three ACA, Al-Anon, AA. I qualify for all. And like, so now my ex-husband's bringing her home. And I just realized like I have no forgiveness for him because. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I said something to him this morning, like, you know, he told me and I said, yeah, you gave her a bunch of cash. And he's like, what? I said, you heard me. <laughs> like, what the, you, what do you expect? You give a bunch of cash to a 21, you know? So, I mean, you know, I got, I mean, I don't feel ready for this. And that's why, we, you know, quiet mind, not at war. That was her choice. That was his choice. Those aren't my choices. My choice is to be here. My choice is to meet my sponsor at 1.30. My choice is to go to my meeting at 7.30. You know, like those are my choices. And so, um, you know, I'm in a situation where the rubber really meets the road, so to speak. So, um, and my sponsor told me like, you know, I'm kind of growing away from prime time and two principles in action. Like this is not my first, second or third time through the steps. And I'm just really glad that there is somewhere to go, like from normal AA to prime time to like now this, you know, it's, it's like supporting me as I grow. Like I'm not alone and like out there flapping my wings, like where the hell am I? So thank you. Thanks, Atlanta. I hope that works out with your daughter. That's, I know that's challenging. Carolyn. Oh, hi, I'm Carolyn, alcoholic. Hi, Carolyn. Oh, you know, good to be on this meeting. Good to hear you. It's funny because like I, I miss the meditation. I miss the portion of, of what you, you're speaking, but I caught the part that I really needed to hear. I was out uh, having brunch with a friend who um, I'll just say, you know, what I heard and what you were sharing was about like, a, a what kind of a God creates a world where there's war, you know, like, it's like, that's where my mind can go. And it's just like, wow, but, but look at like my own mind, look at what my own mind creates, you know, and, and I was just having brunch with this friend. And right before we ordered the food, uh, somehow I got on the topic of like, my family of origin, like they eat with their mouth full. It's like, it drives me nuts, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then we order the food, the food comes and then he's talking with his mouth full. And it was just like, ah, you know, and then I could like fault find and like, ah, uh, you know, just like, I can't believe. And I wasn't in the moment, but I left, you know, and I could go there in my mind, like still like going over it. Like, I can't believe I just said that. And then he'd go, you know, and then it's like, I come on this meeting and it's just like, holy shit. You know, it's just like, this is, I'm just, I'm part of this. I'm creating this world, you know, like through my, like my mind, you know, just like, this isn't the mind I want to 
you know, this isn't the world I want to live in. You know, this isn't that I'm creating in my own mind. It's like, this is hell. I'm bringing hell on earth, you know, and it's in my mind. And I don't want to live this way. And it's funny, like, I, I keep sharing this in meetings, but I had a big fly in my apartment that I, I, I was just keeping an eye on, <laughs> like, and I was just, like, trying to, like, how do I, like, set it free? I recently broke my wrist. I don't want to, like, hurt myself. So I was, like trying to like get up to the top of the window to like pull the top down to like let it out. And it was just kind of hovering around the side of the frame and it wasn't going out. And I was talking to it, like just saying like, you're so close to freedom. You're so close, you know? And it just like, finally it like flew out. And I just think like, that's me, you know, that's all of us, you know, we're so close to freedom in any moment, but it's like, you know, staying in a prison, you know, of our own making. And it's just like, I don't want to live like that anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't. And it's like, I just got to share, like, cause I haven't been on this meeting in a while, but like this past month, like a close friend of mine died suddenly had a stroke and, um, I'm going to grief support, you know, for it, but it's just like, um, yeah, that is upsetting. And then like the next day I broke my wrist and I had to have hand sur you know, wrist surgery and it just, you know, so I have a lot of time, you know, a lot of time for my mind to go crazy or not, you know, and it's like, I do want to be used in this lifetime and I'm not going to be of use if I'm attacking and like finding faults, you know, it's like, so I, I'm glad I know that I have the option. I know that freedom is close at any moment if I choose it, you know? So anyhow, I'm just glad to see you all and thank you for letting me share. Thanks, Carolyn. Rick. Hey, Rick, and I'm alcoholic. Hello, Rick. everybody. Nice to see you. <laughs> My favorite place to be Saturdays. Um, I like this breeding. Um, I remember when going through my fourth step and times with my sponsor and we started talking about, um, and even chapter two, I said, oh, I got this, you know, I was raised Catholic and all this. And he's all, that's nice. You believe in a God. And the more we talked, I learned about exactly what he meant and how people that were raised with a God oftentimes have more issues because they may believe in a God, but this God's not going to help me. This God you know, is the angry God. This is the God that I've done all this, all this shit. And now he's just like, Hey, you're on your own, buddy. Good luck. You turned your back on me. You're done. And, you know, that was the same God that I tried to negotiate, you know, with eight years and all these other things to try to get sober. And it wasn't until complete defeat until I just said, I don't have this, you know, and you basically complete defeat. And then all of a sudden, wow, how'd this happen? You know, and I'm coming up on three years, and I know it's not me. And it is only because of my higher power. And so for me, one of my struggles is, is trust. Trust in my higher power. That my higher power will come and help me. Um, my wife and our family are atheists. And we've, it's interesting that I married someone like that. And she can't explain it. She knows how hard I tried to stop drinking and everything I did. She's very aware of that. She can't explain why I don't drink anymore, why I quit cold turkey. And she didn't see me go through massive, you know, struggling withdrawal. She said, that was almost easy for you. I don't, you know. And so it's really actually a good witness for her. She goes, huh, I can't explain this. So I'm grateful to this group. I'm grateful to prime time. And I'm grateful to my higher power. Thank you. Thanks, Rick. All right. Jeff can't raise his hand, but he wants to share. So, Hey, everybody. I'm Jeff. I'm alcoholic. Hi, Jeff. Hey. It's good to be here. Yeah. 
It feels like I'm a guest a guest appearance. It's pretty awesome. Um, and I can't help but reflect, like, you know, if I were just to rewind two years ago, on this day two years ago, I had no idea what I was up against, you know? The pandemic hadn't yet happened. I had been attending, you know, some primetime meetings in New York City in person when I could. And so I had become familiar with this concept of alcoholism, ego, and self, and how the disease manifests in my day. And I was becoming aware of, you know, um, how I react to people, places, and things, but I really had no idea that this existed on a cellular, cellular level within me. Like that it was so ingrained in my subconscious and I had no idea how to treat the disease, you know? And, uh, and thank God for the pandemic. You know, thank God for the pandemic as a result of the pandemic. And I know that sounds odd, right? I mean, it, the pandemic had a, a negative, um, was terrible for a lot of people. And I'm not minimizing that. I, I think what I'm saying is for me, it opened up a world to me that I did not know existed. And it was a good thing for me. You know, um, I heard Randy at a meeting describe uh, the disease of alcoholism as a fault finding, never satisfied, opinionated mind always in a hurry, easily frustrated, can't stand the word no. I wrote down what I could remember when he said that. I remember he said, I always say this at the beginning of a qualification to remind myself of what I'm up against. You know, that that's how the disease manifests and that that's important to create awareness. So I have awareness when I'm feeling those ways to know that I'm in the disease so I can tell the difference between the disease and God. And, uh, and something was ignited in me, like something, I, I had an interest and I'm like, that guy just described my head. He just described how I feel. And I had been miserable in Alcoholics Anonymous for many, many years at that point. I did not want to live my life. I did not, I did not know what my life was. I thought my life was all about accumulating things, getting a relationship or making more money or having more clients or a better home. And, um, and I was miserable. I could not be around people that were more successful than me um, without comparing myself to them. Uh, and I felt guilty if I compared myself to someone who had less than me. It was a really tough place to be. I would walk into a room and I would hand over my well-being to everyone else in that room. It was all about what I thought you thought of me. And it was like, I have a very noisy mind. I just have a really, really, really bad case of alcoholism that's always working on me. Um, and this was a gift. This was a gift to, to finally understand oh, that's just the disease of alcoholism, Jeff. That's not your life. Your life is what happens inside your head, you know, and that, that I'm powerless over my thought life. And there's a power greater than me that I am a power, but there's a power greater than me that can restore me to sanity. If I rightly relate myself to him, I had no concept of what any of this meant. How to do that? What do you mean rightly relate? I don't get this. This was uncomfortable. The language was odd. I'm not learning anything. Of course I'm learning something. No, you need to be doing it. Do it. It's not about homework and doing the steps. It's about practicing the steps. I don't understand. What does that mean? I don't get it. I just had to come. I had to keep coming and hear it over and over and listen and practice and ask God to help me listen. And then it was... Going to God, going to God, going to God, going to God, going to God. So that when I leave this house today and Randy and I go outside, 
and I see something, my mind sees a shiny object and wants it, that I intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle me. Yeah. So that I go, okay, yeah, that's not the solution. And then there's a voice that just says, less you, more God, Jeff. You know? Starve the ego, feed the soul. I love that. And now it's, I can see it happening in my life more and more and more and more to where I, I can be me and be comfortable in a room with anyone and know that that's not the answer and be happy for them for what they've achieved. I want my life. So thank you. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. All right. Uh, next is Karen. Hi, everybody. I'm Karen. I'm an alcoholic. And thank you for the comments, Jeff. You said so much of what I wanted to say. And I love the reading. Um, I've been coming, of course, for the last two years as well. I won't repeat what you said, but I did want to add something to it. Um, from the reading today, something went, aha, you know, the spirituality. And I do want to share that something shifted because of what you've had us do, Randy, with the third step prayer. And that is breathe in the word God instead of God, I give myself to thee, you know. And breathing it in for me has shifted my spirituality. And I've been practicing this because the breathing in God for me has kind of put into, look at me, I've got my hands up, the battling thing of this crazy mind. And so... As Jeff just said, you know, when I'm out there in the world, I have a more God-centered something inside of my belly button that is out there able to come to faster. Um, it's shifted something um, by breathing it in. And I wanted to share that um, with taking God in or higher power inside this Karen versus because in early recovery, I was screaming at my windshield, please, you know. <laughs> do something <laughs> I'm going crazy you know <laughs> first step second step third step you know and you know I had some relief but this was the screaming not quiet mind you know and this has shifted it and I wanted to share that it's really been helpful and so it's growing and I'm grateful and thank you Karen alcoholic thanks Karen Leslie I'm Leslie. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. I'm Leslie. I'm an alcoholic. And uh, thank you, Randy, for um, interpreting the agnostics in your way. I really enjoyed that. I um, I have a, a something in front of me that I keep with me all the time because I'm going mainly to Zoom meetings when I'm out here. And uh, it's something I wrote down, oh, probably six months ago when I was listening to Jeff. And I'll say more about that. My isms reside in my head. I am frequently irritated, fault-finding, and never satisfied. I have a self-centered mind, and I'm always in a hurry. I'm opinionated and easily frustrated and I absolutely hate the word no mm -hmm. I like to read that only because I like to hear myself admit that mm -hmm. there was a time when I would never have admitted it mm -hmm. but 
Listening to Jeff has enabled me to cross a bridge. I don't understand it, and it's okay that I don't understand it. Unlike Jeff, I had been in the program many years and not terribly unhappy, but not, I wasn't drinking, I wasn't taking drugs. I met a lot of people that I just absolutely adored. But when I heard Jeff start to talk, something happened to me, and I can't explain it, but it enabled me to understand myself a little bit better and understand my higher power a lot better. Um, quickly, I'm going to try and make this quickly. I'm out here looking for a independent assisted living place, which most people, and I did too, think that's probably the end of the world for you, Leslie. How could you even think about doing that? But the reality is I need it. And um, after looking at about 12 with my daughter, we came upon one that I finally had chosen the room and everything was, I was all ready to write the check. And my daughter said, don't you want to wait and just see this one other one that we haven't seen yet? And I said, why? This is fine. This will be fine. She said, well, what if you find out later that you liked it better? I said, oh, okay, okay. If you say so, okay. And, of course, you know the end of that story. I went, and, of course, it was perfect. And once again, because I let my ego go and I let somebody else drive the boat, I found some peace and a decision. And I find gratitude in the decision. Now, I'm like the other person that spoke. This has absolutely blown up my whole life. But that's okay. It'll be all right. Because my higher power brought me this far on the other side of the country. So I'm very grateful always to Jeff when he shares because... I hear him. I hear him. My alcoholic ears hear him. Nice. Thanks. Thanks, Leslie. Thanks, Leslie. So, everything I say is Randy's. (laughs) (laughs) Everything I say is Bob's. Uh, uh, Thank you all for coming. I appreciate you all so much. I just want to let you remind you, some of you, if you can come to. Nashville in April, we're having a retreat in Nashville, April 8th, 9th, and 10th. And we're just going to do this for three days. And I think COVID is kind of mellowing out now. So I'm just letting you know there's still space. We're just going to meditate and have a quiet mind and create an atmosphere where that can happen for three days. And I, I personally would love to see every one of you in person like I'm getting to do with Jeff right now. It's crazy. <laughs> After... Two years on the on Zoom, like it's a real person. It's amazing. 
And I, I just wish that all of you could be there. And, and if you need help getting there, let me know and we'll do whatever we can to help you be there. But that's it. Uh, that's it. Thank you all for sh coming and sharing. And I appreciate you and meditating with me. And we'll do it again on Wednesday or Monday night, Wednesday, Saturday. And then there's some other great principles and application ongoing meetings on Thursday and Friday and Sunday and Tuesday. So that's it. My, I just hope that you have a quiet, peaceful day today and that you enjoy your life and do something nice for somebody else without them knowing about it. So we'll take a moment. I know we went a little over today. I apologize. Uh, we'll take a moment of silence and uh, I'll make it so you can all unmute yourselves and then we'll do the, the serenity prayer together. Serenity. To accept the things I cannot change. The courage to change the things I can. And the wisdom to know the difference. Thank you. Thank you. I don't have to go to work today so I can hang out a little. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you, Jeff. Good to see you, Jeff. That's fun. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You guys going golfing? <laughs> we should be. <laughs> Go-karts is what we should do. Go-karts. We should be going go-kart racing. Bye, you guys. Thank you. Bye, Sonia. Bye, Sonia. Go-kart racing. Now you're talking. It's like an hour away. All right, Greg. Welcome from Santiago. You're in Santiago, right? No, I'm actually three hours south of Santiago on the coast in a town called Pichilemo. Do you speak Spanish? I've been here for 30 years and I've been married twice. So yes. That, that, that might answer that. I yeah. absolutely want to come down there and, and see it. I'm, I'm, you know, they say that it's the opposite, exactly the same as L.A. Uh, uh, Geographically... Geographically, Chile and California are the same. Yes. I want to come down there. So I want to get your info. Uh, let me put you... Oh, I got to stop this.